0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net. How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry.
0: This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy
2: to both who catches guarded by Ellis finds Clay he's open for a
1: three fires away high ball game with a minute one second to go Clay Thompson makes it 108 108 he's got 24 Curry now down to five seconds gotta go crossover dribble left side step back jumper on the way good Curry! won to go in the game! Steph Curry is amazing! He's a magician! And he has won the game for the Golden State Warriors
2: 122-120! It was a tale of Texas. The Warriors, with that unbelievable win in Dallas, Steph Curry with a shot to win it in overtime, followed by the undermanned Warriors going to San Antonio and losing to the team that's playing the best in the association right now. and that, of course, the San Antonio Spurs, who have won 19 in a row. And they're putting that winning streak on the line tonight against oklahoma city hi everybody i'm tim roy and once again we invite you to take a seat around the round table the warriors weekly round table here on cambr 680 now coming up this hour on the round table we'll hear from andre Iguodala. the Warriors swingman has been playing some very good basketball of late and we'll talk about that gearing up for the playoffs and how he and his family are adapting to the bay area in year number one as a golden state warrior As well as our conversation with Andre Iguodala, we'll go off the court with Warriors guard Steph Curry, who once again is donating money with every three-point shot he makes to the Nothing But Nets program. We'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox during the fan section, and then later on in the hour, I'll chat with Mark Stein of ESPN.com, and we'll find out his thoughts about changing the lottery system in the NBA. Does it really need to be changed? All that this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Don't forget Friday, the Warriors take on the Sacramento Kings at the 7.30 tip, 7 o'clock airtime here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Now, also this weekend, uh, both the games against Sacramento and the Utah Jazz, our friends the Oakland A's will be playing next door. The A's 7.05 on Friday night. They take on Seattle and then a one o five first pitch against Seattle on Sunday. So that means we're going to encourage you to try to take BART to avoid traffic delays. There's going to be lots of parking issues on Friday, so make sure you leave early, give yourself plenty of time, and if possible, jump on BART. It's going to be your easiest ride to the event. Lots of people on Friday night. And, of course, as the A's game is emptying out on Sunday afternoon, you might be encountering them on your way in Watch the Warriors take on the Utah Jazz with a 6 o'clock tip. So be reminded that there are dual events both Friday and Sunday, so please plan accordingly. And as always, if you're uh, stuck in traffic and trying to get to Oracle, uh, tune us here at KMBR 680. We will give you updates on traffic. And parking. Before we step away for a moment, a quick reminder that you could join the Warriors for Splash Brothers Night, filtered by Britta, on Thursday, April tenth, when the Warriors take on the Denver Nuggets. Buy your tickets now and have the chance to receive a Splash Brothers cheer card plus a three-point foam finger, courtesy of Britta. Get your tickets early and save at warriors.com/dynamic. When we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, a conversation with Andre Iguodala on KBR six eighty the sports leader
0: golden state warriors basketball lee
2: wrestles away the rebound leads a
1: three-on-two Fight. bogan running the floor and he throws it down with two hands
0: we now continue with more of warriors roundtable
2: thompson below the hash mark gets the ball here we go thompson waiting 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 throws to
1: iguodala takes a corner jumper for the win got it at the horn ball game over and the bay area has a new sports hero his name is andre now looking looking fights curry curry Gets space by Iguodala. He'll turn, fire at the horn. Got it! Andre! Andre nailed the three at the buzzer. He did it again! Iguodala sprints to the locker room, and the Warriors come out of Atlanta with their eighth straight victory, 101-100. to Un- Believable.
2: The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. Don't forget Warriors and the Sacramento Kings tomorrow night. 7 o'clock is the airtime as Golden State gets back to Oracle Arena after the Texas two-step. Well, before last night's game with San Antonio, I had a chance to sit down with Warriors forward Andre Iguodala, who incidentally leads the NBA in plus-minus at 8.4. It shows you how valuable he is to the Golden State Warriors. His numbers are not eye-popping. 9.4 points for rebounds and over 4 assists, but he contributes across the board, and when he is active and engaged in the game, the Golden State Warriors are a very difficult team to beat. I chatted with Andre, and we started our conversation going back to that huge win
3: in Dallas. Yeah, that was an exciting game. Uh, The fans got a chance to uh, see, uh, that was a game of the year candidate. Um, (laughs) It was exciting back and forth, you know, we go over the big lead in the first quarter, and then they have a tremendous second quarter. It was as if they couldn't miss. Um, they were just knocking threes down from everywhere, everyone. I mean, Monte has been shooting well, but he makes two. Vince makes two. Uh, Dirk makes three. I think they made nine threes in the first half. Um, and then the third quarter, we kind of reestablished ourselves. And then the fourth quarter is, is up-and-down game. Um, and then over, overtime was exciting as well. Tell me, how big was that game to you guys? And obviously in the standings, it's huge. Yeah, it, it was... It was uh, Important game for us as far as standings, but you know um, we got to start up in the you know the level of intensity going into the playoffs. You know you want to kind of get that playoff feel and that rhythm, and it seems like guys are doing that, especially our guys who are coming off the bench playing big minutes for us. And you never know when your time's going to come or when you might be needed. And yeah, you know, how big was Jordan Crawford for us last night? No question that uh, 19 points and, and just over 15
2: minutes uh, showing his ability, but the. Uh, this is coming on the heels of the New York game And, and uh, from published reports Apparently in, in the locker room You had a little message to deliver
3: um, it, it, Nothing out of the ordinary As far as if you feel like you drop a game You feel like you could have gotten um, You want to write Right the ship And uh, yesterday's game was, was Kind of right in the ship And we're trying to continue with that momentum uh, Trying to play with the same intensity um, Continue with the execution You know uh, had a few you know turnovers that led to some points but we, we we're keeping our turnovers down um so you know we're just staying on top of each other holding everyone accountable Andre Goddard is my guest on the Warriors Weekly
2: Roundtable I'm Tim Roy and and as we get ready to, toward this playoff push right now you know what we're, we're, obviously getting healthy is number one David Lee and Andrew Bogut but what other sort of fine-tuning has to happen between now and mid-April
3: um continue to uh, execute offensively finding you know finding the third and fourth options you know, the playoffs you can scout it teams know you know what we want to do in option a or they know what option b is but we got to continue to execute um, continue to run every play as if you know, you're the guy that's going to get the ball so you're cutting hard even though you're not going to eat, you're not going to get it um, small things you know defensively continue to grow uh, continue to you know have a coverage uh, for for 24 seconds of the shot clock and just sticking to our principles.
2: You had a quote recently that I thought was very interesting, where you were talking about how uh, you were being more of a facilitator uh, early in the season, middle of the season, because of you wanted to make sure that guys were taking care of guys like Clay, Clay Thompson. But that come playoff time, you know, you might step it up a little bit in terms of your own offensive game. Explain a little bit about that, and 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 what is your thought process behind
3: that? Um, just keeping just keeping those guys in rhythm, you know. Um, you know there are shooters, there are threats. They're going to draw a lot of attention because you know their ability to shoot the ball with Steph and Clay. So um, I know going into the playoffs, um, teams are teams are going to think if we can keep them out of the game. We we'll have a better chance of winning. So we got to make them pay for those decisions. And uh, you know myself knowing that, just making them making, knowing that's going to happen, being ready for the moment. Can you compare anybody you've played with or against to uh, Steph Curry? no it's really tough um you you have those different unique players you know every generation and, and he's a unique player to where it's hard to compare him to anybody else in a different uh, era you know uh you got guys who can shoot off the dribble as well as he could but you know um i don't know if anybody can catch it off the run stop on a dime and shoot you know um coach always says it's a three-way shooter where he can catch and shoot uh, come off a screen and shoot or you know dribble it any way you want and shoot um, so he's unique in his own way it's interesting
2: because I was thinking the other day that if, if uh, you know if you saw Steph and and, and see so you had nine other NBA players and they all walked on you didn't know who they were or what their ability was and they walk onto a court for a pickup game Steph might be the guy I picked last just because he, you know he looks so
3: young he looks like a little, little uh, guy but man once he gets the ball he is something else yeah, you know, I got a lot of respect for him because I see the work that he's put in every single day. Um, he's a natural shooter, but um, he works at it. And when you combine the two things, you know, you come up with a deadly force. Um, and, and he's been able to uh, prove that this year and, you know, definitely deserving of an all star nod starting. Um, so the future is going to continue to be bright for him
2: remember when we had the, the introductory press conference and we were all sitting up there on the dais and along with general manager Bob Myers talking about how your son was a, a fan of Stephen Clay. Uh, how's
3: he doing? How, how's his first year uh, being in the Bay? Uh, he's doing well. He's loyal. He's a loyal fan. He had just had his birthday and uh, it was a Golden State Warriors theme. So he had the cupcakes and he had, uh, his big cake was uh, at a bridge and Golden State Warriors colors. So uh, he was a Steph fan early in the year, but now he's kind of turned into a clay fan but at the last night's game uh i don't know it's a toss-up i don't know who he picks any given day can be one of those guys how uh much fun is it for you and what do you get out of the
2: fact that that he gets to see dad play
3: Well, it's fun you know it's was weird because i he didn't like basketball a year or two ago then he went to the olympics and then it kind of all changed so he's really into the the game it's a gift and a curse that's the only trouble he gets into is he he doesn't like losing he's a sore loser kind of like me um But he's kind of been a basketball encyclopedia. I mean, he asked me a question, like, "Who leads the? Who's the all-time rebounder in the NBA? The leader?" I'm like, "I don't know." He's like, "Will Chamberlain? You didn't know that?" I'm like, "How do you know this stuff?" So he he studies up on a game. He watches a lot of different players, and uh, he's gonna be all right one day. Other than the, when you get home and you, you get a chance to to hang out with the, with the family, what other kind of things have you guys been doing? Um, that's pretty much been my life, you know when i get home from the gym i'm just relaxing with the family uh i don't do homework as much as i should with him but we do some homework a little bit i'm kind of the uh i'm kind of the fun the fun parent <laughs> where, you know i go in his room we play horse on this little hoop um but then i'm right back at the gym once he goes to bed after dinner you know or i'm watching games so the season has been so consumed with the job, you know, it's really kind of hard to have any other interests. I mean, other than taking classes, that's pretty much my life, basketball. Taking classes? Yeah, I take, I take an online class every semester uh, last year and a half, uh, just trying to knock out these hours. How many uh, hours do you have left? In, in the, and you, I assume you're heading toward a degree. Yeah, too many. I don't, I don't even look at how many hours I need. I'm just knocking them out, just trying to knock as many as possible out until they say stop taking classes. Are you you, uh, a good student, a dedicated student? Um, You know, I'm a natural reader. So I'm reading like two or three books at a time. So it's it's natural that, you know, uh, the classes I'm taking are pretty interesting to me. Um, Right now I'm I'm taking a sports marketing class, so uh, marketing and management and leadership. So uh, the first book was uh, uh, Leadership Lessons on Life with John Wooden's book, and then now I'm reading uh, Networking Against a Contact Sport. So those are all things that I'm interested in anyway, and I would I would read on my own. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking care of my stuff in class. Andre gadal has been nice enough to share some time with us here on the
2: road, and, and as we wrap this up, uh, the Warriors are not in the playoffs, but they're right in the, in the playoff hunt, and if looking forward to that. You know, this, you have, this team has the the potential with its defense and with its offensive firepower to do some damage. This could be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, well, that's the the thing with being our West. You know, um, just about getting in. You know, um, with the exception of San Antonio, who's just kind of playing on another level right now, it's a toss-up. You know, for who can get to the uh, finals and uh, you just click at the right time. Any team in the West can make it. So, um, for us, it's important for us to continue to try to improve, continue to try to peak. Um, We're still growing together. We're still new to one another, even though it's only it's only been one season. You know, it's still new. Um, you know we we got a lot of improvements we can make and uh, our confidence is only going to continue to grow. I really appreciate the time and and congratulations on the
2: recent play and best of luck. Thanks. Well, we can't wait to see Andre Iguodala hopefully in the postseason this year for Golden State, as well as someday hearing the news that Andre has earned that degree. i Tim Roy, and Kia invites you to meet NBA legend and Warriors executive board member Jerry West this Saturday, April 5th, at Kia Saramata in Coma. Jerry West will be signing autographs at Kia Cerramante from 2.30 to 330. For more information, including directions, go to Warriors.com slash meet Jerry. When we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, Steph Curry and the Nothing But Nets program on KMBR 680, the Sports Leader.
1: Man, I, 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 I. Mars in, goes, oh, <laughs> Elevation sensation for Harrison
0: Mars. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now
2: continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Once again, we look at what the Warriors are doing off the hardwood. And this week, we'll tell you about last Sunday night when the Warriors took out the New York Knicks out at Oracle. A little bit of a disappointment in terms of the final score, but the message of the nothing but Nets night will resonate not only for people here in the Bay Area, but for those in need in Africa. Nothing But Nets champion Steph Curry hosted a unique post-game chalk talk with fans who purchased a special event ticket. Throughout the 2013-2014 season, Curry and the Warriors are participating in the 3-for-3 challenge as both Curry and the team will each donate three life-saving bed nets to the Nothing But Nets campaign. Every time Steph knocks down a three-point shot. This past summer, Curry went to a refugee camp in Tanzania where he assisted in distributing 38,000 bed nets to families in need. Now on hand for the Nothing But Nets night was the program director Chris Helfrich and U.S. Congresswoman Barbara Lee of the 13th District. And they were both on hand to present an award to Lafayette resident Cooper Smith, a local middle schooler who was inspired by staff and for the second year in a row donated his birthday money to the campaign. Nothing But Nets, another way to show you how the NBA cares and how the Warriors are trying to make the Bay Area and the world a better place to live.
3: You know, it was approached by the UN Foundation and, and Nothing But Nets to, to help you know, the cause, and we came up with the idea of you know, three-point shots is donate three nets for every shot I make and try to get as much you know publicity towards the, the effort as possible.
4: So we're so excited because Steph Curry has been an incredible champion for nothing but nets. Starting last season, he started donating three bed nets for every three-pointer he shot. In the 2012-13 season, he beat the NBA record in threes, which was incredible, and sent over 800 bed nets to um, protect children and families from malaria. This season, the Warriors are matching Steph, and we're just so appreciative for the partnership with Steph Curry and the Warriors. Tonight, Nothing But Nets is going to be the featured charity of the Golden State Warriors game, and we're going to honor an incredible youth champion, Cooper Smith, who has donated his birthday to Send Nets and Save Lives. He was inspired by Steph Curry to do so.
3: You just try to use your platform the best you can. A lot of people watch our games, and may not be uh, as aware of of the the problem uh, of malaria and how preventable it is. You know, we raised a lot of money, and we can't thank, you know, the fans and people who supported it enough.
0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Splash another one. Steph Curry from distance, his seventh three-pointer of the game.
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Warriors,
3: Box.
2: Well, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues one of my favorite parts of the show, and that is interaction with you, the best fan base in the National Basketball Association. And so it's time for Warriors Vox on Twitter. That's Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X, or send me an email at timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at warriors.com. We try to get to as many of your questions as we can. Let's get right to it. Well, uh, Safeway 2 wants to know about this Western Conference playoff race, and last night I have to tell you, on the plane ride home from San Antonio, I got on League Pass Audio at NBA.com which you can go to NBA.com sign up for League Pass Audio you can listen to any game for free, and so last night I was monitoring on the plane Clippers and Suns and Warriors assistant coach Jerry DiGregorio was coming back and asking me the score, who had the ball and the time. It was kind of exciting, and the Clippers came back from 17 down to beat the Suns. So once again, Memphis, Dallas, and Phoenix all tied for the number seven spot in the Western Conference playoff race, and they're two games back of Golden State so it's going to be a wild race and Mark Jackson says all the teams are winning but they're all doing it in different fashion.
0: Just some talented teams and I think the different styles really show how good the teams are because there's no one way of of getting it done. Uh, You look one through ten it's sometimes you know big time difference in the style of on the fashion in which teams are winning.
2: That's a head coach Mark Jackson. Niner Empire eighty-five says, "What do you think Harrison Barnes needs to do to get himself back on track and out of his slump?" Well, you know, part of it is to just get that confidence going. And how do you get your confidence going? And well, you start off by just doing, I think, doing simple things. If you are not shooting well, you can contribute in other areas. You play defense. Be good on your rotations on the defensive side. Get a rebound. Make the extra pass. You know, hustle back on defense. Do things to kind of get you into the flow of the game and then let your offense kind of come to you. And uh, try to get an easy bucket. Try to get a layup. Try to get a dunk. How many times do you see a guy all of a sudden get a couple easy baskets early in a game and next thing you know... You can't stop him. He all of a sudden ends up with 15 in the quarter. He ends up with a 25 point night and he has himself a great night. That's what I think Harrison needs to do. But I think first and foremost is to stop letting the offense dictate everything else. Make your contributions in other ways and eventually, you know, he's good enough, he's talented enough, we know that, that the the offense will come back to him. But right now it's just, there's so much pressure on every shot. He wants to do everything perfectly and it's just really tough, I think, for a player to snap out of the kind of slump. and Maybe it is a, maybe a sophomore slump uh, for Harrison Barnes. Moving right along to another question. Bob32 wants to know about Steph Curry and about the, the big shots he's making. What kind of a player is he going to be? And how is he helping this Golden State Warriors squad get ready for the postseason? Well, after the win... In Dallas the other night, Uh, Jermaine O'Neal was my post-game guest, and I asked him about Steph Curry. And of course, Jermaine, 18 years in the NBA, he's played with great players, he's played against great players and Hall of Famers. So I asked him where he sees Steph emerging as an NBA star.
3: You know, the young man uh, is—he's on his way. He's on his way. You know, he's—he's doing a great job. He has a lot on his plate. uh, You know, to try to get over. You know, he's learning how to be a leader. He's learning how to be a superstar. He's learning how to be. A uh, 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 leading scorer. I mean, he's learning how to be the face of a franchise. That's that's a lot to, to, to you know, to have to try to do all in, in, in the same year, but I I couldn't pick the better person to be in that position because he takes it uh, head on, and, and he does a great job on on studying what he needs to do, and I have no doubt he's going to be one of the all-time greats. You know, hopefully God continue to bless him with great health.
2: XOLOTL 92 wants to know about uh, Festus Azili, and to be honest, we have a bunch of uh, tweets about Festus, any news on Festus, Jermaine is playing great, but you can never have too many good big men. And you know what, that's absolutely correct, and that's why uh, Jermaine was brought in. Because of the fact they knew Festus was going to take time to repair that injured knee. I can not tell you, yesterday before the game in San Antonio, he was on the court, he was doing some basketball drills, taking some free throws, knocking down some shots. So he's getting you know, back into basketball mode. For a long time it was just rehab mode. Now he's into basketball mode. And, and uh, boy, what an advantage it would be for Mark Jackson to have uh, that extra big body, those extra six fouls against some of the talented big men in the Western Conference in a playoff series. And Mark was asked about Festus, as I'm sure he is, uh, just about every time he faces the press.
0: He's getting closer. He hasn't done any five-on-five live things yet, but he's been running. He's played one-on-one. He's picking up the intensity of his... uh his individual workouts, so he's getting closer and closer.
2: DJ of forty-five, has a question that says: Barring injuries, who do you foresee in Coach Jackson's shortened playoff rotation? Eight-man, nine-man, perhaps? Well, of course, you know you have the starting five. Uh, Steve Blake will get time because he's a backup point guard. Jermaine O'Neal, Draymond Green, uh, Harrison Barnes. I think those are your, you know, your suspects, so to speak, to, to come in. Jordan Crawford. So I, I think it may be a little deeper. Uh, Than your typical playoff rotation because of the depth they have. And I also think that it will change on a game by game basis. You know, there may be nights where, you know, if Clay Thompson gets into early foul trouble, maybe you bring in Jordan Crawford, or if the offense is struggling just a little bit, maybe you bring in Crawford to jumpstart it, but maybe he doesn't get a time the next night because Harrison Barnes is having a good night. Uh, so I think there's, there's tenfold right there that I think Mark Jackson's very comfortable to go with. But I think that rotation won't be entirely set. I think he'll have the ability to juggle a little bit, and I think the minutes for those guys will vary on a Game by game, case by case basis. Now, also, Charlie Misra wants to know when the Warriors play the Spurs, they seem overmatched by the veteran squad. What do the Dubs need to compete at that level? Well, uh, i got to tell you, Charlie, uh, right now everybody is overmatched by that veteran squad. They've won 19 in a row. I mean, they're the best team in basketball right now, and there's a reason why they're always a threat to win the title year in and year out. They have three future Hall of Famers on that roster in Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. They have a Hall of Fame coach in Greg Popovich, and they have great role players and an emerging young star in the Kawhi Leonard. So it's a very deep team. It's a very good team. And don't get too distraught over the Warriors uh, being overmatched by that squad right now because everybody is overmatched by that squad uh, right now. And don't forget, you know, if the Warriors end up playing them in the playoffs, the one thing Golden State will go into that series with, if they play the Spurs somewhere in the playoffs that other teams don't have is the fact that the Warriors have had success against that team. And I think if the if the Warriors are healthy and playing the Spurs in the playoffs, you can throw out the regular season. Remember the two games in San Antonio, you know the Warriors didn't have Curry, they didn't have their front line. And granted, they, the Spurs rested guys in both games at Oracle and beat the Warriors in both of those contests. But Golden State gave the Spurs everything they wanted last year in that second-round playoff series. So they have that confidence uh, to fall back on. One quick note out of last night's game that we didn't get to last night. Uh, Stephen Curry has now taken 2,004 three-point shots in his Warriors career, and he passed Jay Rich last night, Jason Richardson, who had 2,001. As Curry now has attempted the most of three-point shots in Golden State Warriors history, he's also made 178 more threes than Jay Rich. We continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, a conversation with Mark Stein of ESPN.com as we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader.
0: Golden State Warriors basketball. Left side, Boga, touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand rim racker for Lee. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
2: I had a chance to talk with Mark Stein before our ball game in Dallas, and I wanted to look into his crystal ball and figure out just how this wild race in the Western Conference is going to end up.
4: If you're asking me to tell you how it's going to turn out, you know that I can't do that. I'm not. I'm not that smart. I wish I was. Uh, you have to feel for these teams in the bottom half. But it's it's not even the first time, but it's like work on. It's one of those years where you're probably got to win 50 to make sure you get in, which is ridiculous, but uh, ridiculous for the teams involved, but fun for us on the outside because uh, this is supposedly a time where college basketball has the stage and the NBA doesn't matter. I I think the teams at the bottom of the Western Conference, all over the Western Conference would beg to differ.
2: There's a lot of interesting uh, scenarios here, but to me it looks like the Suns with that schedule, it's going to be hard for them
4: to overcome that. Well, the only reason I don't, I'm not going to co-sign on that one is because I've proclaimed the Suns to be uh, fluttering out of contention about five times this year, and I've been wrong every time. Uh, They didn't have Bledsoe for 30 games, and they still didn't go away. Uh, Bledsoe's back and is making an impact now. That Sunday night loss to the Lakers was a crusher. But also, you know, they're one of those teams that's probably so young that I don't know that it's going to inflict the mental wound that it probably should. They probably don't even realize how bad of a loss that was. Uh, yeah, I've, I've thought, too, that that Phoenix is naturally the team that's going to drop out. The Mavs, with our veteran know-how, will sneak in. Memphis is too good to miss. Golden, This Golden State team is too good to miss. Uh, but I think we're all smarter, probably not making predictions. This, you know, I, I look bad enough as it is. I don't want to make myself look dumber. Well, the one thing I know that I'm never going to do is say that the, this is the year the Spurs will drop because every year I wait for them to falter, and they never do. I thought, same thing, I thought that, yes, that just the the grind, the emotional toll, and the physical toll coming off such a long season and being that close and not being able to get over the the hump, uh, that that would stick with them. And look, they were open about, you know, Popovich was coming out and saying, you know, it wasn't the typical Spurs who just downplay everything. I mean, they said multiple times, we're never going to get over this, we're never going to forget it, Um, but they're amazing. They're just... There's just no other word for it. They're they're to not only win 18 in a row, but the depth that they have. I mean, the most amazing thing about this winning streak is Kawhi Leonard's averaging 30 minutes a game, and he's the only one averaging 30 minutes a game. I mean, they're winning all these games and keeping their guys fresh, and they won all those games early in the season through all the injuries. I mean, they're you know Oklahoma City is the only problem for them. That's a team they can't match up with. There, there's really nobody else in the West that you would probably pick against them in a series. That's how. That's how. That's how efficient a machine they are.
2: Are they maybe the most unappreciated dynasty in sports history?
4: Yeah, because you know they they have, they've never won two in a row, which hurts their dynasty claims. But yeah, I mean they're they are unappreciated. Uh, I think the you know kind of basketball lifers like you and I hold them in the highest regard, and I think I, I think even there's a large segment of fans, you know, the people who live and die with the NBA on Twitter every night, I think right. they all, you know, kind of take their hats off to, to the Spurs, too, but I mean, even, it's funny, Indiana, we didn't pay as much attention to them when they were rolling as we are now that they're unraveling. Um, I guess it's it's one of our kind of general flaws in the media, but uh, when things tend to be going wrong, that's when uh, that's when the media get excited.
2: Mark Stein with us, of course, and the uh, legendary NBA reporter. And it, the uh, Pacers, to me, it almost seems like they kind of
4: juggled their chemistry midseason, and then it's coming back to bite them. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. I think Larry Bird. Look, I understood what he did. He he wanted. He, this is our team. This is our shot. This is our year to win it all. We've got to go all out and do anything we can. But. There was an unintended message sent to the guys in that locker room that we're, we're having this great first half, but it's not enough. It's still not enough to beat Miami. we got to go out and get by, and we got to make this trade. And I think it shook their confidence. Now, you could also say that's a fragile team if your confidence is shaken by a couple bench moves like that. And I'm not buying that Danny Granger is so beloved that it's completely thrown that team out of whack because it's not the same Danny Granger, and he didn't have the same impact for that team as he, as he would have a couple years ago but, but I, I think you're right I think it, it's a very fragile team confidence wise and those moves kind of started the, the, this domino effect that we're seeing now where now it's just like an open wound I mean you listen to these guys and after every game they're all just kind of burying their soul and, and saying that they have no clue on how to fix this which is just shocking because Miami's not even playing well yeah. Miami was a 500 team in March and they've moved up to the number one spot by default it's, it's weird a lot of talk this
2: year about redoing the lottery. There's been talk of the wheel. Uh, any thoughts
4: on that? I am not. I, I am not. Uh, one of, I don't think that the tanking thing is so egregious as uh, some of my colleagues. I think the problem is um, Howard Beck from Bleacher Report, who's one of my closest friends in the business, wrote a fantastic story about it. That the real problem here is. Tanking has become this catch-all word for any team that's losing, and we just throw it around and apply it to every situation. And I think Howard was exactly right, because not everybody's tank. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks spent a ridiculous amount of money in the summer for Milwaukee Bucks standards, and ended up there. They have the worst record in the league. That they were not trying to have the kind of team that they have. It's, it's not a universal thing. The Phil, Philadelphia, yes, Philadelphia is Philadelphia is trying to get the number one pick no question about it they're fielding the weakest team they can because they want to get the, they want the, the the best odds they can get to get the number 1 pick but again they're only going to have a 25% shot at it if they have the worst record so the lottery system is working to me in that regard we're not seeing the blatant tanking of 30 years ago when the rockets could get Ralph Sampson and Hakeem in back-to-back years we we don't see that but uh but Hey, Adam Silver has acknowledged this, and it's true. If, if there's a perception that there's a tanking problem, then it is a problem that the NBA has to combat. But, you know, the NBA's had a lot of those perception issues. You know, the conspiracy theory right. thing attached itself to the NBA like in no other sport. <laughs> uh, so the NBA per- perpetually fights these things, and it's something they have to deal with. But I, I, I don't see what Philly is doing as the crime against humanity that a lot of people say it is.
2: What uh, changes do you think Adam Silver will get to early in his regime?
4: Well, I think one of the reasons you're hearing stuff about the lottery and conference realignment and the age issue and all these things is because Adam Silver has basically taken this stance of everything is on the table, I will look at anything, I will listen to anyone, I will consider any change. So that's why we're expecting some sort of grand move. But also, I don't know that he really wants to rush in and make some sort of... Uh, sweeping change now he's been pretty public that the age limit thing is something that means a great deal to me he'd love to get it back to two and done instead of one and done but also I don't know how easy that is to pull off I mean for one there, there, there still is no union leader and we I think we're months away from a union leader that's got to be collectively bargained so it's going to take a while for a change like that to be instituted uh, but I, I think he's very open minded but he's also not going to rush either I think he's going to take a pragmatic approach to any kind of big change
2: Final question for you, and of course we're talking with Mark Stein of ESPN.com. Uh, any uh, good or bad on the, the season
4: for Man City? <laughs> well, you probably don't have enough time, and we don't want to make your listeners suffer too much. But uh, we're we're doing okay, and I think uh, the chance to win the league is in our own hands. So I think uh, th- there are there are many more fan bases in in, uh, in English soccer who could complain more than I could. You got to go over there, though, right? Yeah, I. Uh, I was able to sneak over for a weekend with my son to take him to his first big game in London. Got permission from Mrs. Stein, 48 hours in London, and uh,
2: it was very, very good. Very cool. Hey, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. That's Mark Stein of ESPN.com. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at ESPN Line with great news and updates as to what's happening in the NBA. Hey, this weekend, the Warriors take on the Sacramento Kings on Friday, 7 o'clock airtime here on KMBR 680. And then Sunday, the Utah Jazz in town for a 5.30 pregame show. But we also want to remind you that the Oakland A's will be in action right next door at the O.co Coliseum, 7.05 first pitch on Friday. So you know there's going to be plenty of traffic and plenty of cars in the parking lots on Friday night for the dual games, Warriors and A's side by side. So, my suggestion to you and all fans, take BART to avoid the traffic delays. Get there easily on BART, and if you're going to park in the parking lots, then please leave early. They're expected to fill up quickly, so arrive as early as you can on Friday. And don't forget, on Sunday, the A's will be playing the Mariners with a 105 first pitch, and then The Warriors and Jazz on Sunday night. So make sure you allow yourself some extra time there as well because people will be coming out of the uh, Coliseum Arena Complex as you want to come in and get set to watch Warriors basketball. And as always, we encourage you to take BART. If you want updates on what's going on, then make sure you keep it right here on KBR 680. We'll give you traffic and parking updates both Friday night and on Sunday, as well as our conversation with the head coach, Mark Jackson, going around the association, Warriors tip-off with Tom Tolbert, and all of our great segments on the Bud Light pregame show. Hi, right, Tim Roy. We wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable when we continue on KMBR, 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Draymond goes to work with three, with two, runner, right-hand flip on the rim, and down! Draymond Green!
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
2: Time out for the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Warriors in action Friday when they take out the Sacramento Kings. 7 o'clock pregame as the Warriors try to solve that mad equation that is DeMarcus Boogie Cousins.
1: Oladipo goes to the left angle. The ball is knocked out of the hands of Kyle Quinn It's grabbed by Cousins. He goes to the left angle. Oh, look out. Pick it up. Throw it down. Derek Williams. Steve thrill. High above the iron. And that was like a dunk contest, Comcast Showtime
2: Jam. It's an authentic fan Friday brought to you by Comcast Sportsnet Bay Area. Again, leave early and take Bart because the A's will be in action next door against Seattle right at the same time. Warriors and Kings, 7 o'clock with the pregame show on CamBR 680. Then on Sunday, the Utah Jazz in town, 530 with the pregame show. Gordon Hayward blossoming into an NBA star.
1: Left block Jefferson, double team. Crossboard to foy. right corner, Gordon Hayward, bang, ball game. Gordon's got 25.
2: Warriors and Jazz, 5.30 is the pregame show. The A's are playing earlier in the day at 1 o'clock. So again, please leave early and take your time. If you can, take BART. That's the easiest way to get to the complex because people will be coming out of the parking lot as you want to come in to watch the Warriors take on the Jazz. Two very important games for the Golden State Warriors, Sacramento and Utah, because they're leading Memphis and Dallas and the Phoenix Suns by uh, two games. So these are very, very important games for Mark Jackson's squad. Tuesday is the weekly roundtable next week, so put that on your calendar. It's next Tuesday night, uh, starting at 8 o'clock on KMBR 680. A special time on Tuesday because the Warriors are playing Thursday night against the Denver Nuggets. Hi, Tim Roy, that's the Warriors weekly roundtable. want to thank our guest, Warriors forward Andre Iguodala, and also thanking Mark Stein of ESPN.com. David Feldhaus at the controls of KMBR 680. Ray Woodson, ready, willing, and able to take your calls right now. 808-KMBR, thanking the producer with whom you can never text about live events because he watches everything on TiVo, and that is R.C. Davis. I, Tim Roy, Saying good night for the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We'll talk to you tomorrow night from Oracle when the Warriors take on the Sacramento Kings. 7 o'clock pregame show on KMBR 680, the sports leader.
0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
2: Stolen by Iguodala. Right to Clay Thompson. Back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim. And he scores with the right hand.
0: For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.